You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to On the Preds with me, your host, Alex Darty of A to Z Sports, and my co-host, as always, Sean Smith, is here. We are here to talk hockey, talk Preds, and we're actually going to talk a little baseball today because of something Ooh. that Sean did do. Uh, Sean, how's it going? Got going pretty well. Can't complain. Alex, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm relaxing in my, my sports-watching chair, and I am watching the Titans, uh, get destroyed by the buffalo bills which is fun um you however where were you just now tonight well <clears throat> before i uh, made a detour to the taco bell drive-thru i <laughs> was at hawkins field in uh downtown nashville watching the smashville showdown okay and tell tell us about it <laughs> well okay so the Smashville showdown, I, I don't know if you've been paying attention or if anyone's been paying attention to this over the past few seasons. Um, prior to the start or sometimes in the middle of uh, training camp, the Predators take a trip out to Vanderbilt and they will uh, take a little BP, you know, uh, try to hit some dingers. Um, and I think I think the big story, you know, most recently was that Tanner Janot could actually hit some home runs. Um, this has always been a non-open to the media and to the public kind of thing. It's just kind of a team building activity they've done. But I think the the public interest in it was enough um, the past couple of seasons that they decided that may, maybe we should make something out of this. And so what yeah. they did was they they partnered with Vanderbilt Baseball um, and they, they did a little fundraiser, uh, sold tickets to the thing, and people got to come out and, and witness a home run derby between I, let just let me just say for some of our listeners that may be unfamiliar okay. uh venerable baseball to, to those of you that may only be familiar with tennessee baseball like the ut baseball venerable baseball actually venerable actually has a baseball team too and they've actually won some championships so just for those out there that are, are curious but wow yeah, um yeah. I, I sense sense that someone's being a little uh a little snippy tonight i don't know what's going on hey it's a mood all right wow all right keep wow, going okay so anyway, um, there was kind of a two-part event. Uh, first, they had the Predators split into two teams, Team Smash and Team Ville. Okay, you following me there? I got it. Um, yeah, out. Team That's Smash and Team Ville. And then with with those teams uh, split into two, they also added a, a maybe all of the uh, Vanderbilt baseball players because the, the rosters were pretty – pretty long here, uh, much more than, you know, nine, 10 players. Um, and so the first half of the event, you had uh, selected players from each of the teams with the additions of other Vanderbilt athletes. They had some women's basketball players, men's basketball oh. players, 
cool. football team. Um, few, I think, I think soccer may have been there. Women's soccer may have been there as well. Nobody from the women's bowling team was there, and I was really surprised because that's really one of the powerhouse Vanderbilt sports. Uh, teams. Well, they're probably out winning a championship. That's you're probably I mean. right because yeah. that's what they do. Um, yep. Probably, yeah, I mean, bowling at three hundred. You know, just on a on a Monday night. Well, I mean, it's 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 what Vanderbilt's known for, I think, um, is <laughs> one of, women's bowling. One, one of those, yeah. I only know that from my well, history okay. as a bowler. I, I saw, I saw. Here's what I saw. I saw you. You had talked to some uh, players. Did, did did media get? Did media talk to pre- players before and after, or just before? Just before. Um, okay. There really, really weren't a lot of other people there. Um, I was. It was just me. There were some people. I'm not sure where they are from. I know there was a photographer from the Tennessee in there, okay. um, but they just they told me to you know who who do you want to talk to? So um, you're, the only, you're the only Preds media like sort of dedicated Preds media there. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, at least it wasn't you know like an actual official team media person, but yeah, I was pretty I sure you. it was just me. Yeah. But um, yeah. Tough. It's tough on a night when there's a Monday night game. I mean, like ev- so many media people in Nashville, like cover both. You know, I mean, like Joe Rex Road, for example, Kayla. Sure, and, yeah. You know, I mean, the Tennessean people. I mean, they all cover both. So it's like I can't really fault them too much because there was a big Monday no. night game to watch. But you know, it probably meant you got some 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 uh, good questions in for uh, with like I saw Tanner Janot, Colton Sissons, right? Yeah, that's, uh, that's who I, I requested to talk to. Just and mainly because it was one guy from each of the two teams, and because um, you know, quite frankly, you know, uh, hits dingers. He hits dingers. Um, yeah, he hits dingers, and and Sissons has a baseball background, probably more heavily than a lot of the other uh, hockey players uh, out there on the Predators. So um, I thought they would be good to talk to, and you know, they brought him over, talked to me for a little bit, and. <clears throat> Didn't really get, you know, I was hoping that there had been a lot of trash talk, but it didn't seem like that was something okay. that had happened. So um, okay. maybe a little bit of a friendly, you know, uh, who, who's going to win the home run derby kind of thing. But, um, you know, Janot specifically was very confident in his team's ability to win the game overall, um, even if and maybe maybe to win the uh, to win the home run derby. Although, you know, it was interesting, <clears throat> the home run derby. I like the way this was done. They had a uh, <clears throat> much shorter fence set up, you know, for the softball game. Yeah, so I saw that. Anything over that fence was was a home run, one one point. But if you hit anything, you know, like a legit baseball home run, you know, yeah. over the fence, that was uh, that was three points. Where I counted as one home run, but it gave you three points. Got it. Got it. Um, there were two people. There were two people that hit real bona fide home runs that played for the Predators and all the other big home runs like that came from Vanderbilt baseball players. And I think maybe, maybe even the, uh, the quarterback for the Vandy football team. I mean, are you going to let me guess who it yep. was? I really have no yep. idea. I'm guessing. Okay. I'm going to say two Tanner. of them. I'm going to say Tanner's or was one. And I'm okay. going to say that Michael McCarron was the other. I tell you, you got one of the two, right? I'm going to let you guess which one that is. Did I get the Geno one, right? Yeah, Jano definitely definitely hit one out. Okay, one who was the other then? Well, if you had to make another guess, who would you think? Uh, Sissons. No, I was I was quite surprised. It was Philip Forsberg. Ah, uh, I should have guessed him. I mean, a lot of a lot of power, and I'll okay. tell you, 
everybody kind of you know is aware of the fact that that Forsberg he does the old butt check thing but you know you forget how much your uh, the, the power in your legs and your hips can go into that swing so very physical I think that was yeah probably a major contributing factor to the fact that he could just crush balls over the fence so yeah um it was it was pretty cool I mean honestly you know I, I do a lot with baseball I'm around baseball all the time just growing up playing um playing a little bit in high school coaching my own my own children so it was it was you know kind of a familiar thing for me but an unfamiliar part of the familiar thing uh seeing the Predators play softball so that was the home run derby was cool um nice definitely Definitely, what came down to two Vanderbilt players, um, and I'll tell you for let's see, I'll tell you who it was because I think it's I think it's interesting. Um, it was find it here, I promise. Uh, let's see, it was Parker Noland and Calvin Hewitt, and uh, Calvin Hewitt came through and won the home run derby. Uh, for Teamville, which of course was Tanner Janot's team, and he felt again pretty confident that his team would win. Although I'm sure he he didn't he wasn't banking on it being one of the Vandy boys to do it. That's who pulled it out, and it was it was yeah. pretty cool because it kind of came down to the last second. But um, cool. then they played softball. Then they played softball, um, and I'll tell you, there are a lot of predators that are unfamiliar with this sport completely, like um, completely. Well, I, and I'm not. I'm not saying this to <clears throat> I'm not calling anybody out. I'm not even poking fun because honestly, you know, look, if you have grown up in a country where baseball is not the national pastime, right. if you've grown up playing Sweet. hockey and you've been doing hockey things your whole life, I mean, there's a strong probability that you're not really familiar with a lot of it. I, you know, right. I think, you know, as, as familiar as a lot of people are in this country with something like say soccer, um, I'd say there's a large percentage of the population that if they were suddenly put into a charity soccer match would have no clue what they were doing. Um, well, they'd but, know it all, but that's probably about it. Yeah, I, right. I mean, you know, Roman Yossi struck out, for example, and, and I think they had to explain to him what striking out was because he oh, was wow. kind of surprised that he didn't get to keep swinging. He's like, <laughs> what? And he, you know, walked off, kind of tossed the bat a little bit. Um, he plays tennis too, so I, I it's interesting that he wasn't able to get make any contact. He's, he's good at swinging various sticks, you know. <laughs> you are exactly right. Um, and I, th I think too, there's well, the biggest thing I noticed with, with most of the guys who weren't getting power was that they weren't getting their, their hips involved in the swing. Um, and I only your really anal your official analysis from a scout's perspective. <laughs> I'm only tuned into that because I've been busy trying to teach seven and eight year olds how to hit harder. I mean, yeah. um, and that's, that's the big difference is the kids that, didn't the kids squash that get the power. They didn't squash the bug. No. Talking about. <laughs> yeah. The kids that get power, they, they get their hips involved. The kids that's that how, don't, you know, it's, it's all arms. That's how, we taught, that's how we're, that's how, what, that's, how, that's what we tell our daughter about base, about like swinging. Like you got to make your, sure your back foot squashes the bug. So you turn. So you make, huh. make it makes them turn that hip, you know. Well, I, I learned to play in the streets, so you know I don't. We didn't have any any cute aphorisms about squashing bugs. It was like you know if you're not valuable to this team, we're gonna beat you up and leave you in the alley somewhere. So wow, oh, you just boy. did what you had to do, you know. I don't know. Um, I guess. I mean, and, and probably thankfully, we're not raising our children on the streets, so you know that's good, right? 
so like I, I don't know how much one could really expect the physical um, requirements of hockey to translate to softball or baseball or any other sport for that matter. Because, I mean, I, I think maybe most people don't quite realize the barrier of entry to playing hockey is everything. Like, physical, I mean, I'm not, like, I've already said many times that I think hockey players are the most elite a- elite athletes on the planet, at least from at least from a perspective of, like, physical, like, uh, aerobic capacity, um, just sh- straight up being in shape. I mean, they're, they're, uh, fat percentage on their body is like notoriously like very, very, very low. Yeah. Um, that's not everything. I'm just saying like, that's, that's a big part of it, but it, it has, I mean, but if you can't skate, you could be all those things. You could be an, an ultra marathon person and be like incredibly in shape, but like not being able to put on skates and skate around is the barrier of entry. If you can't do that, you cannot play it, but it's so it's not that way for baseball, right? Like no. you should be able to take a hockey player spend an hour with them with a bat and be like, okay, these are the things you need to do in order to hit this ball. But yeah, I think so. Well, and you know, I mean, timing and just repetitions is, is probably the biggest thing. You know, if you're an elite athlete, a sport like baseball, mm-hmm. I think would probably be one of the easier ones to adapt to. You know, you think about um, trying to teach somebody to play football and you've got all these different positions. There's so many rules um, it's so situational. You take you take soccer, you know, there's there's the same same, you know, general kind of structure as hockey. You know, I think that would be pretty easy, especially with the aerobic capacity of a lot of hockey players. And of course, you know, many of them also come from countries where soccer is very popular. So um, I think baseball, though, especially especially the hitting part of it, you know, there's you're going to stand here and you're going to wait for a guy to throw a ball. You don't uh-huh. even have to swing at it unless it's the right ball. You know, you don't you don't have to swing at all of them. Um, this is how you want to stand when when you're waiting, and then when the right one comes, this is how you want to swing. Um, you know, there's there's some mechanics to it that uh, the longer you do it, the more repetition. It's a little bit more intuitive. Um, you know, I'm still not a hundred percent sure of the right way to kick a soccer ball. To be honest with you. And I played for four seasons when I was younger. So that was clearly a waste of time. But, um, you know, I think I think hitting a baseball, hand-eye coordination, speed, strength, and just, you know, getting the mechanics of it down, it should translate pretty well, I think. So overall, the experience at Smash, Smashville Showdown was uh, a good one? Well, it was, you know, the thing was, it was fun. It wasn't meant to be some intense insane yeah. matchup you know i think it was fairly lighthearted. um i think that's something they'll probably do again and i think it'll probably be a little bit bigger um and more exciting next year not that it wasn't exciting this go around but i think as they kind of learn okay so this is something that the predators were doing in conjunction with vanderbilt baseball you know vanderbilt baseball knows how to put on uh, a baseball game um the predators yeah. know how to put on hockey games so you kind of have to lean into that a little bit more now that we're on the baseball field and and figure that out um and and all all the money went to charity and all that stuff so that's good too yeah um and i what i liked you know i and i always enjoy when teams do stuff like that to to raise money for charity um <clears throat> i think 
I just think anything that a, a big group like that can do, like within their community to, to do stuff, um, to, to raise money. Um, of course, proceeds went to the Predators Foundation, um, the Vandy United Fund and, and several other local charitable organizations. So, you know, it, it's all it's all local. Um, and I think everybody that went there had a good time. I don't think anybody would walk away and say, well, that was a waste of money. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd expect to see it continue. Very cool. Um, sounds good. Thanks for going to that, Sean. I'm, I'm glad you got to go. I did not, obviously, but um, I'm glad that we had some some people there, and uh, we'll look forward to more of that in the future. Um, by the way, if you are sitting there thinking that you want to live better and feel better and sleep better every day, uh, I have a place that you can go do that, or at least that you can get started on doing that, and that is Relaxed Back. Um, we've talked about it on the show before, but they have tons of customized comfort options for the office for relaxing at home or sleeping at night. I'm talking about ergonomic office chairs. I'm talking about techno gel mattresses. I'm talking about wedge systems and posture pillows to get you in the correct natural position for sleeping. Uh, they, they are really good at this stuff. They know exactly the way that your body is supposed to relax, uh, like ergonomically and using zero gravity is correct ways that your spine can get in the position so that you can work better and, and sleep better and live better every day. In order to check it out, you've got to go to the store, relax the back in green Hills, go to the store, 2020 Glen echo road, right there in green Hills. Talk to Glenn. He knows everything about this stuff. Uh, he owns the store and he will tell you all about the four pillars of wellness, healthy sleep, healthy body, healthy work and healthy mind. So uh, from, from a baseball perspective, um, or sorry, from a, from a hockey perspective, the, over the weekend, um, let me start that over. So from, a, uh, from another perspective, specifically looking at hockey, uh, I have uh, been paying attention a lot to the Rookie Showcase as the Preds participated in uh, over the weekend. The Rookie Showcase, something the Preds do every, uh, every year, um, they've hosted it a couple times, but this time they went to North Carolina and it was hosted, uh, by the hurricanes. The lightning were there. The Panthers were there. The hurricanes of course were there and the predators were there four teams. And it's a showcase rookies. They, they bring the rookie team and each team gets three games and, uh, and there's no tournament or anything, but it's just, uh, it's, it's a, it's a really great test for the rookies before training camp opens, which by the way, is this Wednesday. 21st well alex you know i didn't get to see any of the rookie games i, I had i was yeah. at work for every single one of them um so I, i'm hoping that maybe you can explain what happened and i guess i'll start with this question are the kids all right <laughs> yes the kids it, as it turns out are in fact all right uh i would say now i i cannot speak for every one of these other teams lightning hurricanes and panthers but based on what I heard from the broadcast, so this was streamed on the Predators, and it was not streamed by any Predators media. It was streamed by, I think, Hurricanes media. I, I, I believe that's right. Maybe like in-house Hurricanes media. I'm not sure who it was. But uh, I, based on what they were saying and based on the games that I watched, the Predators rookies were like the, clear in a way the best group of rookies out on that ice. Now, maybe there are there are some a select few on these other teams that were that, that did well as well. I mean, like that had had moments, 
but that consistently from all three games, the Predators rookies were like top notch. And I've also heard this. I, I also looking around on some Twitter stuff at some some scouts and some other people over there agreed with that sentiment as well that the Predators really stole the show. Um, specifically, their forwards. Um, there were so, as a group of forwards we're going to talk about here in a second that were just outstanding. Like, uh, uh, I mean, guys that we we we've talked about before in this show, guys that we've seen in, in rookie camp, guys we've seen drafted. I mean, these are recent guys. We'll talk about them. But um, the first one I'm going to talk about is uh, Yaroslav Askarov. So he played in two games. He played Friday against the Lightning and uh, was a part of a 5-2 win. Uh, so obviously the results don't really matter, but still, you know, they're, they're trying to win. I mean, they, that's, that's the goal. So uh, Askarov, I, I don't, they didn't have save counts or anything like that, but he, he had some great saves in that game, really stole the show. Uh, solid performance from him on Friday. Then he played today against the Panthers played two periods, gave up one goal, um, looked great. I mean, just very consistent play from him. So, so five periods of hockey from Askarov and I guess three goals allowed and just some, some really just phenomenal saves. The kid oozes confidence. I see no reason that he will not be the ace goaltender for Milwaukee all season long. And once again, I have to think, we will see him this year, one time at least. Like we will see his debut this year. I don't know when, and I don't know the circumstances, but I just have this feeling we're going to see him. Uh, he's only twenty years old. He, he he just turned twenty, so he's just barely twenty. Um, I I I can't shake the feeling we're going to see the kid. That's so. Let me ask you a question, and this isn't about whether or not we're going to see him in Nashville. It's just um, <clears throat> there's been you know, over the course of time since he's been drafted by the Predators, um, it seems like, and, and I don't know if it's because he's young, but it seems like whenever he gets a bigger stage, a lot of people find the strangest things to kind of pick out and complain about. Um, and I'll say one, maybe this is from like the World Juniors or something. Um, there's a lot of talk about him losing his stick. Um, and for whatever reason, that kind of stuck. And then it's oh, like, I you know, that. I remember that. Yeah. And I thought it was the most bizarre thing. And then I've heard that he, I've heard several people say, and I don't know if this is recently, but at times in the past that he has happy feet, um, you know, and I'm not, again, you're talking about a very young player. Number one, that's, that's going from being, um, you know, I'd say a standout anyway, but then going yeah. to just an increasingly larger stages, um, at a very young age where, you know, you talk about the development of goalies taking longer, things like that. You know, sometimes this, this takes longer for goalies to reach this level. And here he is um, in this rookie showcase, essentially, uh, you know, putting on a show. What, what was the thing you think, you know, based on what you saw, what are people going to pick out from this performance and complain about, about Eskarov here? Um, I'm just curious. Probably just some some general recklessness. Well, maybe that's the wrong word. Aggressiveness, aggress, just maybe okay. overly aggressive at times. I think that's probably it. Um, there were there was this one weird situation where I I don't really know exactly what happened. It, you know, you're watching this on a one camera feed. There's very little replay. There's no stats or anything. There's no sideline. You know, so the the the, the information I'm getting is not great. But right. there was apparently a situation a couple times when the ref called a penalty on on the predators and had his hand up a delayed penalty 
and a scare off skated off the ice as if the penalty was against the hurricanes, like extra attacker situation, mm. but he skated okay. off and it didn't end up burning them, but I think it happened twice. So I don't know. Okay. If, I don't know what happened there. I don't know if it was a mistake on his part or if he was like just being a fool. Like I, I just like, like joking around. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, but, uh, so that happened. And then I th- he got, he got a little, like, he just, he has a little bit of Dominic Hostick in him. Like I, in a okay. good way. Dominic Hostick known for being just a really aggressive, like uh, he's going to really challenge the play every time. If he gets a chance to, he does yeah. that. As- Askarov does that. And, uh, he did that a few times, made some great saves because of it though. He's got, he's just a freak athlete has, a, has a lot of that part of his game. So, uh, that's probably all that I would say about him, but I I, okay. I, I can't talk too much about Escarov because I, I I just I feel like I haven't seen too much of him, and also again, I he's he's going to be in Milwaukee to start the season. There's no doubt about that. UC Soros, he's not. There's no danger. There's no there's no question. UC Soros is going to be the goaltender for Nashville. Right. However, with some of these other guys that I'll talk about now. There's a chance they could start in Nashville. And so those those names are – and so I, I wrote about this today. Go check it out, a to zsports.com. Maybe some secret weapons that the Nashville Predators have in their uh, in their youth cupboard here. Okay. And one of which is a guy that we have mentioned on this show before, but, like, we've just kind of glossed over him. Marcus Nurmi. Okay. Marcus Talk Nurmi to me about Nurmi. Is a very promising – I mean, just based on what I saw, the combination of Marcus Nurmi – and Yuso Parsonen and Igor Afanasyev, and then at the and then on in today's game, Luke Evangelista, who I think still will start in Milwaukee. There's no, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But um, but Marcus Nurmi, I'm telling you what, that guy could play in Nashville. I mean, he he has the size, he's got some physical play, he's a little bit like Yuso Parsonen. I mean, those two played on a line in Finland together, uh, and that's how they got re- that's how they both came to Nashville as they were recruiting, um. Parson in and they saw Nermi there, or maybe it was the other way around. I, I'll get clarification on that. I think it might have been part they were recruiting Parson in or scouting Parson in and then saw Nermi. But, anyways, uh, both looked very, very good. And, and the chemistry was off the charts. I mean, these guys were reading each other's trajectories into the zone so well. Their passing was per that was, was really, really accurate. They, they were moving into attacking space like perfectly. I mean, they were just, they, they knew what they were doing. They were honestly eating up the, the opposing defenses, like rookie defenses, I know, but they were eating them up. I mean, the other, the other, these opposing defenses, especially the one against Florida today, like they, they could not stop it. I mean, now today, Nurmi was not with uh, Parson and, and Afanasiev. Today it was Parson and Afanasiev. And uh, an evangelista. And just, I actually took notes. Look at that. I took notes on today's game. Ooh, <laughs> look uh, at you. I know, right? And um, Nermi was with Condalik and with Zach Larue. So the other two lines were the kind of lower level guys. Naver Mutter was with Huntington and Hossinger, and then Valette was with Josh Williams, who I don't know who that is, and and Owen Peterson. So, um. So anyways, uh, those guys really stood out. And, and the reason I, I, I mentioned them is because we have been wondering for so long now about who is going to take that, that last roster spot, who's going to be on the fourth line, maybe who's going to make that team out of camp. We've talked about Zach Sanford. We've talked about Kiefer Sherwood. Marcus Nurmi, 
I, I feel like he has at least inched right up there with Zach Sanford in my book as a guy that mm. could steal it. Now, training camp comes around, he could get eaten up by the rest of the competition and, and not make it easily. But right now, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of stuff there that says this guy can make the team. By the way, you see Parson, you so Parson could also make the team. Afanasiev, I could see him making the team. I, I feel like they're probably going to want to put him in Milwaukee to get started, but. He looks really good. He had four goals in the in the three games. He he was just outstanding, and they were all so, like all net front, just creative play with his line mates. Really, um, just fe- reading the play accurately. Just really smart play from Afanasiev. Not just like sick wristers where he's beating a bad goalie or something. Like he's really playing smart hockey at, at, at you know at this point in the in pre preseason. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I mean, it makes sense that they're going to come and, and have a lot of chemistry. Um, yep. But you said that even even without Parson, and he still looked pretty good, right? Without Parson, and Nermi looked uh, he didn't look as well. I okay, so in the second game in the game game today, he was with Joachim Kondalik. Yeah, Joachim Kondalik, he's a giant. And he's the guy that I I really just don't see a path forward for him. Um, he really just does not impress me every time I see him out there. And I think that maybe hurt Nermi a little bit, but he looked good with Zach LaRue. I mean, LaRue looked good. I mean, I think, think Zach LaRue, LaRue looked really pretty good. He, he'll definitely, um, I think he goes back to his junior team, right? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think, I think, I don't think they're necessarily Nermi and Parson. And I don't think they're necessarily a, a, like a, um, a package deal like you have to have both of them or anything okay but, um and nervy's 24 he played he played where did he play he was drafted by um he was drafted by ottawa in the sixth round 2016 and then uh i don't know if he ever played there or not but um yeah it looks like he didn't um so anyways uh, nervy to me i think seems like a guy that could make it um he's he's in a he's in a, a group of players He's in a rather large group of players, a rather large log jam there. We'll just see yeah, if he's, he's true. log that can make it out. So, um, you know, we'll see. Um, but it was it was really good performances all around. I mean, they, yeah, they, they've won two games and they uh, – oh, the second game was really pretty exciting game. That was Sunday morning against the Hurricanes. They're down 4-2 and they get two goals in, the, in like the last 50 seconds of the game including two goals by that line that I was talking about, the Parson and mm. Afanasi of Nermi line. And I think, I think the extra attacker was out. Well, is that right? Man, I think the extra attacker was out because I know LaRue was out there. Um, uh, you got two goals to tie it up and then send it to overtime. And then, uh, then the the hurricane scored in overtime. Oh, um, so yeah, they, yeah, they went, I think they, they won two and they, they lost one in overtime there, but, um, they scored 15 goals in three games. I mean, that's wow. like, that's really good. That's really good for, uh, for like rookie forwards, just going in and forming a few lines in a, in a couple days in camp and then, or in, uh, in practice and then yeah. going in and just lighting th- those, those teams on fire. Like it was, it was nuts. Like they were really good. <laughs> I think, you know, and I, I guess it's it's funny that you're you're mentioning forwards, 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 because yeah. what have we heard about about the Predators? You know, <laughs> organizational depth for the longest time. What are they good at producing? Yeah, defense, defenders, and goal and, and here we're talking about forwards. Is this is this a shift in? I mean, and, and I don't know. I'm asking. Is this a shift in 
the way they're drafting? Is it a shift in the development, like coming through Milwaukee with Carl Taylor becoming the coach there? Well, um, Evangelista, uh, okay, so Afanasiev, first round pick, right? Uh, right Evangelista right. was a first round pick as well. Is that I think right? So. Um, that was when they had like a bunch of, they drafted all those Lukes. All the Lukes, yeah. He was a second round pick. Uh, Afanasiev, first round. Evangelista, second round. Zach LaRue was a first round pick. Yes. Um, Parson in like seventh round, right? I think so. Or he may have been sixth. We'll and see. so I think it's a combination of like they finally have started to commit to drafting forwards that like can develop into these kind of players. Now we're getting a little bit ahead. These guys could come to the NHL and not do anything. They're not there yet. They're not, they're not plug and play top six wingers or anything like that. They're, they're not that right now. They could still develop into that. So there's the, the good news is in the past, the Predators have had like um, either low ceiling guys, your Austin Watsons and right. Frank Colton Sissons, good player, still a low ceiling. Like he's a bottom six player in the, in the league. Uh, they've either had low ceiling players or they've had, one guy that they hate, well, they want to hit, you know, they want one yeah. guy that can possibly hit like a Kevin Fiala. And they're like, going to put everything they can into a Kevin Fiala to develop. And then like, if it doesn't work out, then they just got to start over and find another one. They finally got some guys that like are kind of high ceiling players that they've got mm -hmm. multiple of them. So if they get one or two of them, it's even better. And they're not spending as much time worrying about the, the, the low ceiling guys. You know, you could call Zach LaRue a low ceiling guy, but I think he's, People are saying he could turn into like a David Posternock. I think that's a little bit excessive, but I mean, that would be amazing. That's not low ceiling at all. So right. um, Mutter is a guy that's like probably a, a, a penalty kill specialist kind of guy, but like, yeah, you didn't spend a lot to get that guy. I mean, it's not that, that you can, you can handle that. Um, and then Nermy and, and Parson kind of came out, came out of nowhere. So, Oh, you mentioned defense. The defense was pretty good. I, I think they looked okay. I mean, like they were, they, they were the beneficiaries of like a really good offense, kind of controlling things. So they were mostly just regrouping and and doing a little bit of transition work. I saw Prokop doing some um, uh, activating into the Z zone. Um, didn't see much out of Stastny, but I think he was pretty steady back there. Uh, Bouchard did some stuff. I mean, it was it was fine. Like they they were they were solid. I think. Uh, maybe in the second game they got a little carried away and, and lost some guys in transition, but no big issues on defense. And then obviously the goaltending we talked about. The other goaltenders, Braden Holt and uh, Vomajka, looked pretty good. So overall, it was a very successful rookie showcase for the Predators and a, a very good start for you know the pre preseason, as I said. So going into training camp Wednesday, the Predators have really some pretty good momentum from that, from that camp. So be interesting to see. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see who, uh, who sticks around and who gets sent on down or back or, or whatever, you know, before camp starts. I know at the beginning of camp, there's always a lot of guys there. And as, as it progresses, they start, you know, sending guys back to the junior, their junior team or uh -huh. designating them for Milwaukee or wh whatever it is. So I'm, I'm curious to see, and I'll say, you know, you, you mentioned we, the, the fourth line kind of spot we've talked about, written about, um, spent entire podcast talking about, but um, it, I will say Kiefer Sherwood and Zach Sanford were both playing softball tonight. I mean, oh, they were? There's, 
yeah, I mean, there's something to the fact that they are, you know, NHL roster players, um, you know, which uh, they clearly see some kind of, you know, path for them um, on the team. So I think, you know, you're going to have to have some of these guys come in and, and really make a big statement to say like, Hey, look at me. I'm, I'm here. I'm who you need. Yeah. Um, right. Because, you know, you, you get into all that stuff where you got a guy that has, you know, the, the wrong kind of contract, you get in danger of, of sending them down. They have to go through waivers, things like that. Yeah. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see. And I mean, gosh, it's, it's good though, that they're, I mean, the boys are back in town, right? Yep. And they're going to be working on getting this team set up for this next season. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, should be fun. Can't wait. So it all begins Wednesday. Training camp begins Wednesday with team meetings. And then Tuesday, the 22nd, are the actual on-ice on ice testing where they put the little cameras on the ice and everyone skates around it as fast as they can. Well, sort Ooh. of. Um, is, that, is that how you that works? That? Is that... <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> What do you mean? What are you talking about? Oh yeah, no, like when they it's the stupid rigmarole. It's probably something in the CBA where it's like they got to do this. It's like they put these little cameras on the uh, on the ice and all the players have to like skate around like a couple times, you know, do turns and stuff to like show that they're like in shape. It's so dumb. Oh. Like it's well, like I don't think that's dumb. I you know, I, for these something Roman Yossi to go out there and do on-ice testing like can you show us that you're uh, uh that you that you that you're in shape? I don't. Just, I don't look. I don't have a problem with it. I'm going to tell you straight up. Uh, when I when I was in college, I go back to this. I was I was the men's soccer team manager. That was my work study job. It was a great work study job. I got to travel. Got to hang out with with my friends who were all soccer players. Um, it was a lot of fun. But my favorite day of training camp every year was the two mile run. Um, oh, you've talked about this. You like that. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was great because, you know, that's where you, you came in and look, you're talking about not, clearly there's a difference between professional athletes and, and college athletes. But, you know, you're you are off for the summer. Um, a lot of these kids could go home to no responsibilities, uh, readily available parties and alcohol and, and other substances. Yeah. And, you know, some of those guys would come back from the summer and it was like, whoa, hey, um, how out of shape did you get? You know, yeah. this is well, okay. this is concerning. Yes, I, I I understand that. Those are not professional athletes. And so, one thing that like I I, I can guarantee you that none of these none of these NHL players enjoy the on ice testing. It is just like it's like basically going to the doctor and getting like your blood pressure taken. Like it's just it's a routine. You have to do it. Whatever. But I, I you will notice, and I've noticed this is. I think they have to do these certain relapse. They have to do certain things. Now they may do different on ice testing each year. I don't know that they, they, they might, it might have to be the exact same, but what I've seen in the past is they have to do like at least two mm -hmm. of these little like laps. And like the first one's always slow. So right. I think, I think part of it is they have to reach a certain number, but they want to, <laughs> they want to try to go as slow as possible to reach that number. Does that make sense? Like it'd be like if you had to, um, it's like trying to do the minimum to like pass a, a, a test or whatever. So like if you have to get like 70% on your driver's tests, right. You just like keep passing test questions until you get to 70. And then you're like, I don't care about these last ones. I'm just skipping them. Oh, I like, thought, I remember, 
and, and maybe, maybe you had a different experience of this. I don't know. Um, but in college, I remember having to take a, a PE class and we had to run a mile. Um, and the idea was that we went out like the first week of class and we ran a mile and they timed us. And then at the end of the semester, we were supposed to come back and do it again. And we yes. had to show improvement. Right. Um, right. It did you have like to do that. the same thing? Yeah, it could, it could be the same kind of thing. Like, you yeah. Have to improve. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I've obviously never taken part in one of these things. I just know what I'm looking at and what I'm seeing and what I'm 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 also seeing how seriously they're taking it, which is not very. So it's like. I mean, they're mostly just there to like do these things and then get their get these meetings out of the way and then do some media stuff and then come back the next day for the real thing. So or for the well, real. I, I want to know how well you did on your on your one mile run when you were in PE class in college. Well, I, like, I, I did didn't you take improve. I didn't take PE in college. Why not? What do you you mean, didn't have I, to. I didn't. Was I, it required? No, it definitely wasn't required. Oh, well, that doesn't. Well, I did have to do fun. it in high school. So, I mean, oh. high school can't remember i was i was a runner in high school though so I, I did pretty good i think oh well i was not a runner in college it was it was really an interesting situation i know that i got to i got under a six minute mile at one point but it wasn't it was that was a long time ago good lord <laughs> that's impressive yeah we were <laughs> they were like pushing us to get under six i mean i didn't get much under six but i got a little under six I couldn't, under, I, mean, that's, I couldn't do under eight right now. So that's, that's lightning speed, man. I, I, I think, I think it was, it was my second semester of college and I had already started boozing it a little bit, you know? So I wasn't back. I wasn't in fighting shape anymore. Like I was in high school. And I remember I was with one of my friends in the class and he was like, Hey, he's like, we, uh, we go out for this run, run slow. And I was like, why? And he's like, because first time doesn't matter. You run faster the next time. And then you're going to pass. And we were like, okay, so we sandbagged it really hard, right? We were running super slow. Right. Uh, we got done. And, you know, the, the coach who was the uh, the women's soccer coach was like, all right, boys, you're going to pick that up at the end of the semester. So we were like, oh, don't worry about us. Because we were like, we're going to get in really good shape this semester. Um, that did not happen. Yeah. At all. Like it was like, I don't know, like what's the opposite of working out? And I don't mean not working out. I mean, like, what, how do you get in like worse shape? Like, that's what I did that whole semester. Right. Yeah. It was so bad. And I remember the day she's like, oh, yeah, we got our one mile run coming up. Like, I looked at my friend and he looked at me and I was like, I don't think I can do this. And then he was like, just pretend you're sick. So I did. And I said I was sick. And she was like, well, you'll have to make up your time. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do it. And I remember, I kept putting it off. And finally, um, she sent me an email and she was like, just go out and time yourself and let me know what it was. And I literally sent an email back the next day and I said, I improved by two seconds because I couldn't remember my time. And she wrote back and she said, way to go. And then I passed the class and it was perfect. Wow. If I'd had to run that mile, I would have died, like College. actually physically died. There you go. College. That's the dream. All right. D is for, um, D is for a degree, Alex. Fred's training camp begins this week. We will be uh, back next week with more. We'll try to recap some of that. I know I'll be at a couple things this week, definitely the media part, and then I'll also be at maybe a practice mm -hmm. too, but we'll see. And um, in the meantime, you can check out all of our coverage at a to z sports.com. Um, follow me on Twitter at Alex31. Follow Sean on Twitter at SCSNSH. And we'll see everybody next week.